Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Give online therapy a try at BetterHelp.com slash 365 and get on your way to being your best self. A common misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be right. But sometimes the best ones happen when both people put in the work to make them great. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all of your relationships, whether with friends, work, your significant other, or anyone else. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit BetterHelp.com slash 365 today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 365. BetterHelp.com. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. All right, welcome into Off the Radar here on 365 Sports. Tuesdays and Thursdays, take a look around the headlines uh, around and outside of college football. Dabble and have a little college football as it uh, needs to be mentioned, uh, but typically try to do a little bit outside of that for just a few minutes to uh, shake some things up and, and talk about some different things. But uh, post-Super Bowl, man, I'm telling you, I, I, this this segment could very well go 30 minutes because you're going on a tangent about something. But as far as like headlines go, the NFL was bread and butter, baby. You had a lot of <laughs> yeah. NFL stuff you could always go to, and it is not the case anymore unless you want to hear about like the holiday retreats people are going on. There is one, though, very important NFL story uh, that has nothing to do with the on-the-field. It's the off-the-field, a follow-up to the parade shooting uh, from last week. Uh, two men have been charged with murder. 
uh, in regards to last week's shooting that left one woman dead and also 22 others, including several children, injured uh, after the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl celebration. Uh, Missouri prosecutors saying today that Dominic Miller and Lindell Mays are being charged with second-degree murder plus other counts. Uh, They were hospitalized uh, following the shooting, so uh, still working out some of the details there, but that was mentioned during the press conference, and they were uh, not uh, open to answering uh, the questions about whether or not it was for gunshot wounds, but I don't know. Maybe maybe it was the police tackling them or something that don't know they didn't get into specifics there but both of those guys have the one dude that one guy if that was one of those guys yeah yeah, i would think so i mean he got and rightfully so i'm signing i'm signing both of those guys to good on my sisters of kansas city for that one yeah Yeah. Yeah. that was an incredible camera angle too to Mm -hmm. just have of like the one guy sprinting and i'm not sure which one he was of of dominic miller lindo mays or maybe he was the the one they grabbed wrongly or, or whatever but i don't think so because it was one guy running everybody else is like looking the other direction and standing around and joining the parade and you just see him bolting like I don't know, like you just fired gunshots or something, and like you're taking off away trying to run his, away. Yeah, yeah. And it was all captured there in 4K, which was uh, awesome. When he was tackled, there's all of a sudden this big black thing that's on the floor on the ground. It's called like a rifle or a there's an AK-47. AK-47. Yeah. That the woman that was there picks up and walks away from that, which he was running with it around his shoulder. Yeah, so uh, there are two adults that have now been charged with murder, as I mentioned. Uh, Apparently, this was uh, just something that kind of, uh, I guess, uh, occurred. Uh, The court record said that there was no prior knowledge of of one another before the shooting for the men involved. They were just a bunch of people who were among people that were arguing. Mays pulled his handgun first and almost immediately, then everybody else or several others at least did the same, and they said that it was Miller's gun that they were able to determine shot and killed the woman. So Mays started the gunplay. Miller uh, fired the shots, uh, allegedly, uh, that killed uh, the the woman um, and was the, the lone fatality in that uh, incident last week. Um, but, yeah, new charges uh, are following the arrest of two juveniles last week, which that's that's the part that I'm not sure. Are these guys the guy that got tackled, or was the juveniles amongst the guys that got tackled? I, yeah. I'm not sure about all of that. I guess it doesn't really matter for us and what we're doing here. Um, but they want to make mention of that, uh, just a dispute amongst several people. And um, they had 800 police officers there in, in attendance and patrolling, and it didn't seem to matter because uh, 22 people still uh, were shot, and uh, Lisa Lopez-Galvin, uh, the mother of two uh, was the one who passed away. So at least some some justice in process, guys, I guess is what we're getting at here in a, a scary situation. I know a lot of the Chiefs have followed up, and I know that the Kelseys uh, talked. I haven't seen it yet or, or seen the clips of it yet, but I know I came across today. Of, I guess Travis was talking a bit about it on their very successful podcast. So, uh, yeah, just a, a little bit of a follow-up as they track down those involved in that incident. And, uh, man, I just – Feel bad for all those involved because I can't imagine the trauma of just. I guess it's like any situation if it were to happen during Mardi Gras or during any other type of thing. But you're just you're at a very fun thing, and then it just it flips like that. So glad that there wasn't uh, more harm done, and that there are some uh, some guys being held accountable for that. Um, Outside of that, uh, are you going to get to Charlie Baker and the transfer limitations? I know that's very much kind of on our plate. No, bring it up. Go ahead. Okay, because 
that would uh, that would be nice here. Charlie Baker, and this would normally not be off the radar, but on today we'll make an exception, has uh, said that he is not in favor of federal laws or rules that would put new limitations on transferring between schools. Uh, he talked with ESPN today, did about an hour-long interview, and this comes courtesy of Dan Murphy, as there's been a lot of discussion, obviously, about the rosters and the allowance of transfers and wanting to have some stability and, and all those types of things. Uh, but Baker said, I've had conversations with a bunch of coaches who didn't walk out on their contracts. One of the things I hear from kids when I talk to them about this issue is coaches walk out on their contracts. What about us? He says that the rate of transfers reflects a larger trend in general, that it's not just like football players, for example, but in general, college students are changing schools more frequently, which I don't know. I don't have a, a kid, much less a college-age kid. I don't know if you all know anybody uh, that, that does that's, that's run into that, if it's more common now than it was before. Uh, but he cited that as part of his argument. Uh, do they transfer more than their peers who aren't student-athletes? No, though, is what he said. Do they transfer more than 10 years ago? Yes, but not more than their counterparts who don't play football or baseball or softball. They actually transfer less, Baker said, than students who aren't student-athletes. And kids just transfer more because they have more info, more data, and they're more impatient about a, long, uh, about a lot of things. So he is not for uh, legislation that would limit transfers. And so uh, what do you guys think about that? Because I know we've, we've touched on the – it's not – I'm not crazy about guys being – on average it feels like, and I know it's a little bit of hyperbole, but just in the headlines that we've read over the last month, they're third schools, mm-hmm. I mean, at least – Multiple there was another times. one over the weekend. I, yeah, uh, like, and so I don't love that, but I'm also not that guy or girl and making those decisions, which could be the best thing for me, which you hope that's what they are. Um, but, yeah, it doesn't sound like Charlie Baker's going to be of any help either, so that's just going to be the way that it is, it sounds like, for It was for the kid that committed to Arizona, had been at Louisville, and also was a four-star high school player who had been at A&M. And then uh, over the weekend committed to Arizona. Shear even had something that said, like, oh, in the middle of all the other stuff going on, this happened. And so the average, again, looks like they're, you know, I'm not saying that's the average, but it does seem like there's about three. Well, the difference, is there a difference between students who are not on scholarship leaving compared to players who are on scholarship leaving? Should there, is there anything to bring up there? No. Uh, what do you me. mean? No, I'm just, I'm just not, bringing not, up not a couple to, of examples. Not though. to me. Look, I don't think there should be federal regulations on any of this. I think that, again, like, if this is Charlie Baker stepping towards the, like, yeah, I'm, I'm, this is my first thing. Like, yeah, maybe you should collect a bargain some of these things and have contracts, and that way the movement is slowed a little bit because one of the reasons the movement uh, is so frequent is that there's no – you have no guarantees where you are and somebody can always come in with a better offer. So there's no governing that like, that's what needs to be governed. And yeah, I I, like, I agree with everything he said there. Um, I also don't think, you know, if your head coach leaves, I understand you want to go play for that head coach. I get it. If a coordinator leaves or a position coach leaves, unless the coordinator coming in is changing the system and you don't fit at all, then I don't, I don't agree with that because, again, I've said this many times in the show, that's how coaching works. But you can get around all of that, yeah. personal reasons, yeah. mental health, but, a grandmother that's ill. Well, that, I mean, there it, are yeah. – I mean, and I'm not and making there were no, light of that, but you, could, you can come up with numerous reasons other than the fact that if your coach leaves or you're not getting along or you're not getting enough playing time. 
Yeah, but uh, it all revolves around that one question. Coaches do it. Why can't we? Mm. I mean, that's the one question that nobody can answer. By the way, and Baylor got a commitment after Kapilovich was signed as the offensive line coach and was very much involved in two transfer offensive linemen coming. So they can't transfer now. But all of a sudden, you could go through your entire spring. Those two, maybe three of them are starters, and they leave because Kapilovich left this week. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that's uh, sorry, Dave Aranda, yeah, but yeah, that's, I mean, yeah. you can't have it both ways. You yeah. can't have it where it's set up just for the coach to have it perfect or the kids to have it perfect. You can't have it um, one or the other. you got to find the middle ground. And so coaches want freedom of movement. Players get freedom of movement. I think it's pretty simple. I don't love it. I don't love guys, like I said, being on their third and fourth teams necessarily. But I also don't love the alternative, which is not allowing them to transfer at all like it used to be. What about giving people their money after the semester? They could never do that, but wouldn't no. would that solve any of the no. problems? No. Why not? No, I mean, because I don't think it's always about money. I don't think it's always about money. I think sometimes oh, it's about other things. Okay. I think it's about playing time. That's I think good. it's about wanting to actually, like you say, mental health. And I think that's actually valid in some cases. I think that's valid that you want to get closer to home. I think it's valid that maybe you want to go move to the school where your future wife is. And so there's a lot more things than just NIL money out there. But I just thought that was interesting from him. I don't know that that was ever a raging topic by any means of uh, – you know, getting to a, a point where we have these these big transfer type of guardrails, the way that you want to try and have them in other areas. But uh, he's he's saying he's not on he's not for it. So it doesn't seem like there's a lot of momentum behind anything action wise. There is a, a segment that when coaches leave, that thing. Well, coaches get to leave whenever they want, but isn't that their profession? And until players sign contracts or have some sort of union or whatever, that they really aren't professionals. Is there a an the, argument there that coaches are leaving because they're furthering their career, they're professionals? Yeah, but uh, those arguments are starting to go out the window no, based no, on I, everything going on right now. I, yeah. I'm not saying the argument's going out the window. Yeah. It is. It's obvious. But that, that, well, coaches get to leave whenever they want, but they also get fired whenever they want. I don't know how many of the athletes get fired. I, know. I, don't, I, I feel yeah. like the, the scales have been tilted towards the coaches and the ADs and the presidents this entire time, and then it's just hard for people Absolutely. to wrap their heads around, like, maybe the players having the ability to like be closer to home without having to jump through guardrails and lose years of eligibility for nothing money-wise. I mean, so... Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that uh, you can probably find a better way to do it all the way around, but limiting athletes and not limiting those who are under contract, you know what, that begs the question, and then put them under contract. Oh, wait, they don't want to do that either, though, do they? Yeah. Who, the players? No, no the schools no. don't want to do that. No. So, so they, they, want to, they want to limit them on transferring, potentially, but the way to fix that is to put them – well, we don't want to put them under contract, though. Yeah, it's so then what are they supposed to do? Too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kim Coulter, my God, is a significant NIL donor – I couldn't be any stronger against this when it uh, the conversation. Oh, I can yeah. only imagine yeah. The, yeah. the NIL yeah. donor part of it. Like, I don't know what to tell folks like you because I can't imagine the level of frustration there is. And I'm just a fan. I, I just would like to know selfishly of just who's on my team and like be able to, in my mind, plan around, well, that junior running back is going to be around next year most likely, and then just in my head play around like we all do. Oh, yeah. But we can't that, even do that anymore, done. and that's fine. That's that's fine, but I'm not donating my money. You are, mm-hmm. thousands of others are, to retain player A for a year, and you, I'm sure, wish you could ink a three-year deal and just be done with it, right? But mm-hmm. instead, you've got to do the each 
year-by-year type of a thing, and then the entire time have to ward off any outside interest that could pop up or in the DMs or whatever. So, yeah, I, I can I can only imagine that battle that you're, you're fighting and how frustrating uh, that could be for sure. And, Kim, you have a potty mouth. And I love your emotion and passion. I think he got it from me earlier today. Yeah, possibly. This pisses me off is the kid's argument is salacious at best. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, From Justin, Kim, you're right. There's only one coach who has changed school almost annually, and his name is Sterling Gilbert. (laughs) He was talking about how coaches, they don't change. Sometimes they do, though. Uh, How about Jed Fish? And and he's one of many, one of very few. But it, 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 I don't know if the, the, anyone could get in the room on either side of this argument and would they ever listen to the other side or not. But Kim is an NIL donor. I appreciate your angle, the way you look at this. Yeah, uh, the, I guess, race to most wins all time in college basketball had a little update last night. Uh, Gino Oriema uh, has surpassed Coach Mike Krzyzewski for most wins by a head coach second most wins uh, by a head coach in Division One men's or women's college basketball uh, all time. So they were tied for second there. But UConn beat number 21, Creighton, beat them uh, handily 73-53. to So that gave Gino Oriema win number 1,203. And uh, one thing, we're talking about coaches moving. He has not moved. All 1,203 of his wins have been in the exact same place there in Storrs, Connecticut. Uh, but because of that, he now passes Mike Krzyzewski, who had 1,202 wins. And that leaves one person in front of Gino Oriema for most wins, D1 men's or women's college basketball all time. Do you all happen to know who that is? Yep. Okay. It's the lady from Stanford. <laughs> Yes, Tara Vanderveer, her name, uh, the lady from Stanford, head coach with 1,200. Paul asked me not to mention women's basketball coaches' names because the Notre Dame <laughs> coach I used to pitch. <laughs> no. Muffet McGraw. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Muffet McGraw was uh, a name that you turned 12 years old when you uh, tried to talk about her. Uh, but she's she's won a lot of games, but Tara Vanderveer's won more. And yeah. uh, so she is tied now, or Gino Oram is now uh, tied with, with – or surpassed Coach K, excuse me, like I said, and now – uh, behind Tara Vanderveer, who has 1,209. Uh, she has been over uh, three spots, whereas uh, Coach K has this, or Gino Oriemo is only at UConn. Uh, she's been at uh, Idaho, Ohio State, and also Stanford, uh, obviously, where she is now. So that's a little neck-and-neck neck race that's going to go continue on. I mean, there's only six wins that separate you there, but a very nice accolade uh, for one Gino Oriemo. So congratulations to him on that uh, you obviously had for that's a pretty big week for women's basketball if you think about the Caden Clark hoopla from this past yep, weekend yep, and yep. all the attention that that was placed uh, or that was placed there uh, and rightfully so so uh, congratulations and uh, very interesting there and I thought I had a couple more notes here here's well, one that's the very much interesting was the Brittany Griner story because of well, what yeah, happened Sunday. yeah that's yeah. right yeah, yeah we should also include that and there's still some some after effects of just the pictures that uh, like Jack took, for example, that a lot of Baylor fans are getting a, a look at some really great pictures from uh, the game and the ceremony and all that. And, and Brittany looked thrilled. I mean, she looked absolutely happy to be there. And uh, I think, I think there was some healing for sure. That's, that's gone on in, in that relationship. So that was good to see. This was very interesting. And this is uh, definitely going to play probably into realignment folks' hands a little bit. If you want to look at it that way, 
But uh, did you guys happen to see the announcement last week by the Big 12 about where they're going to be hosting their swimming and diving championships? Yep. In Washington. Up Northwest, yeah. Yes. Uh, it's going to be held in 2025 at the Weyerhaeuser King County Aquatic Center, which is in Federal Way, Washington. That will be the host site for the 2025 Big 12 Swimming and Diving Championships. It's a neutral site um, because they have always held them on Big 12 campuses. Uh, but you've got the new schools coming in from the West Coast in Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah. You've had BYU already added to the mix, and then you've got some Eastern schools as well. Uh, but they are going to be holding their Swimming and Diving Championships in Federal Way, Washington. And so what does that do that leads... Anybody who's looking at a map to go, huh, there's nothing really close to there except for a couple schools that could use a conference. Even then, this is so far out of the way. Like, even Pullman's like 400 miles away from federal. Yeah. I mean, this is like out there, baby. Like, even Oregon State and Washington State are like at least two and a half hour drives from this place. <laughs> Pullman's like, look, we're out in the middle of nowhere. But It reminded but me. But sweet God. I used to <laughs> Yeah, travel. I mean, it's. Yeah. I used to travel to cover junior college basketball, the national tournament, and the women's tournament was in Senatobia, Mississippi for a pretty good amount of time, which was south of Memphis. And, you know, there's schools in that area that were really, really good, but it was like, um, what was the name of the, uh, what was the city in Kansas that hosted the women's tournament? Salina, Kansas. That's where they would go. Hutchinson's had it for like a hundred years, but the women's tournament would go all over the place. And that reminds me of where they're going for this swimming and diving yeah, so I just looked, and Corvallis is 237 miles south, so that's a four-hour drive. Yep. And then Pullman is 293 miles east. Mm. That's nearly a five-hour drive. And that's about as close as you're getting to, to Federal Way, Washington. So mm. you can read into it as realignment and, oh, and throwing them a the, bone. Yeah. Oh, my God, this and is And maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe there's a, a seedling to that or something, but it's also not even close to those schools. But uh, I don't know. Do, how do you all even, like, why Federal Way? Like, that's a question for Mac Rhodes, I guess, but it just seems very random to be random. I don't know if Mac was in on that decision. I don't know, but uh, that's where they're going to have it. And, you know, as far as that sport goes, obviously not something we talk about, but that is one area where it's much like Oklahoma and, like, softball, where you're losing pretty much a national champion every yeah. year. Yep. Texas and swimming and diving has well, been an oh, institution. For forever. It is, it is just south of Seattle, so okay. federal way. Yeah, um, Texas, when they are competing for that uh, Director's Cup and all that, Stanford, schools like Florida, those schools crush it when it comes to uh, a lot of the sports that maybe some just don't, they can't do it. Yeah, and, and maybe and this dom- is one of those, let's, let's let the people in the Pacific Northwest know yeah. about the Big 12, although swimming and diving doesn't exactly move the needle. No, so, no, and know. especially when, as I said, you're losing one of the big the, institutions that's so they, heavily involved and successful there. Well, this when year the, is going to be in Morgantown. Yeah, when right. the Olympics uh, are on, I don't miss most of the swimming and diving because I find it uh, one of the more fun things to watch. I especially like watching people flip off a diving board and then watching a judge go, eh. <laughs> With as little splash as possible. With as little splash as possible, yes. Um, and that's actually coming up this summer. We'll have the Olympic Games back. Yes. But I don't know. That was that was just of interest. And you're right. It's it's. I guess you could say, well, you can fly into Seattle and drive from there. But um, I thought, like, when I looked at it, like, man, Corvallis is probably closer. Pullman's like, no, they're still nowhere close. But um, that's for 2025. And as you mentioned, Morgantown will be the uh, – 
the host site for 2024. And, uh, and then beyond that, we, we'll see if that means anything or not. But it was definitely something that kind of catches your eye there. Uh, meanwhile, I guess one final note here. Uh, I don't know if Paul wanted to talk about Liam Hendricks signing a two-year, $10 million deal, even though he's not even going to play this year. No, but. I, look, it's it's fine. Whatever. It's whatever. Uh, okay. I would say the bigger news coming out of Fort Myers today is that Raphael Devers was basically like, I know what we need to do. Everybody else knows what we need to do. We all know what we need. I don't know what their deal is, but I'm just going to go out here and give 100% and do my job. But everybody knows. Sounds like a World Series income. Yeah, they, yeah need to, I mean, they need to put money, the ownership, into the PGA Tour. It's, yeah, it is the owners versus everybody right now. And the Red Sox will be an interesting thing because the whole thing for 86 years was no World Series, no World Series, no World Series. And then since 2003, they've won four. And then now the ownership appears to the fans and the team in place right now. It's like, look, you've got four. What else do you want? You're greedy. You like also most of you fans are also Patriots fans or Bruins fans or Celtics fans and they've all won two. Mm-hmm. So we're not gonna we're not gonna yeah. buy into your entitlement so and entitled, we're gonna do entitled, what we want. Yeah. So here's three billion dollars to the PGA and uh kiss our butts because we're we're just we're the rich ones here. Yeah, that was one of those just little small notes that uh that came across. Um but there is one more uh, of interest that's a little bit more to chew on that uh, I wanted to mention and I, I think that you maybe had put this to the side as well, but I I don't know if we're ever going to get to it otherwise, but uh, Adam Silver, I know you guys really dived into the All-Star game this past weekend. Y'all are really <laughs> Let me tell you something. watching the three-point contest I and all that I did not watch jazz. a second. I know that the slam dunk was on. McClung from Tech won it again. I saw a little bit of a clip of Seth and Sabrina Ionescu, and that was it. I did not watch the game. I knew it was going to be what it was. I haven't watched the NBA All-Star Steph? game in a uh, – Yeah, Steph. I have not watched the NBA All-Star game in a decade. Well, and I uh, used to love it. You're, you know, there's a lot of people complaining about it. I, I could care less. I'm not actually. I, I don't. I take that back. I don't care at all. Honestly, I, I really don't. I, I don't care about the All Star Game, and it doesn't matter to me. But for all the moaning and complaining, which seems like it's now just like sort of an annual thing as the All-Star weekend rolls around and people complain about how it should be this or it should be that or should be better. And people still tune in. Five and a half million viewers across the uh, Turner Networks, which is up 20% for the All-Star game itself uh, on TNT and TBS, uh, which last year's was the lowest on record at 4.6 million. So this one, uh, nearly a million more. But the thing about that being still better than last year's worst record and being a million more is that it's still the second lowest audience ever on record for the all-star game. So uh, yeah, the, the numbers improving, but still not great. And that has led to a lot of conversations about how you try and fix it. I saw the Stephen A rant where he was trying to blame LeBron for ruining the slam dunk contest, because once LeBron said, I'm not going to do it, that basically allowed everybody else to just say, well, it's not that big of a deal. Let's not do it. I think that's just trying to attach LeBron to a story to attach LeBron to a story as much as it is a a valid point. The Cowboys of the NBA. Right, like exactly. You, you can say LeBron anything, and then social media goes nuts, so they think that that's right. what people care about. Yeah, but so you're telling me in the but 20 he's not years. the first that's like no. said he's not No, but he's, he's never done quit it. quit doing it. Yeah. yeah, but he's never done oh, it. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. I didn't even yeah. know that's, well, yeah. that's how LeBron, much I've been like, you always thought he was going to turn around and eventually do it, and he just never did it. And a lot of the, I guess, just me and my boys talking conversation is like, 
he's afraid he'll get beat and then it'll it'll damage his reputation and that's valid if that's the case um but there's a, a lot of uh discussion on on how to try and fix that so we'll see but those are the numbers five and a half million viewers second lowest all-star game viewer wise in uh in their their uh, viewership history uh but still above last year's obviously and yes you mentioned mac mcclung the former texas tech red raider uh did win the slam dunk contest uh so congratulations to to him there but there was another nba note and that was from this past weekend and all the conversation is that was the uh, future of the g league ignite when you talk about mm-hmm. the changes to college athletics and you brought up nil earlier about the nfl draft well that's now something the nba is dealing with because they had the G League Ignite, which basically allowed all these top high school prospects to want to go ahead and jump into the pool and get paid doing it. They get to go and join the G League and be a part of the Ignite, some of the better prospects, and then turn around and get drafted, which is what we've seen the last few years. And those guys have had pretty good success as far as being drafted goes. But now that Michigan can pay you $250,000 to play college basketball via the collective – why go play for the G League Ignite? You can play yeah. college basketball, play for a big school, and make as much money, if not more. So that's something that uh, Adam Silver brought up that I just wanted to bring up because it's another uh, effect I, of NIL on the bigger picture of pro I, sports I, and whatnot. As a person who cares as much about the G League as you would do about the All-Star game. And I care and, the same about that as and, well, yes. And loves college basketball. Uh, I feel no pity for the G League having to do this. If it means college basketball gets these guys for an extra year, great. Yep. Awesome. Makes makes it hey, better. I think that the trend towards having teams that have more veteran experience, whether transfer portal or whatever, we saw what Baylor did. We saw what Kansas did. Even though you're going to lose some to the NBA, I think most coaches now realize it's better to, to be older and more experienced. Yes, talent. And that might be why another reason why that more players are staying in college. Yeah, so the G League Ignite was was that team where you'd see those top guys that otherwise would have been the the top recruit, you know, or, or the, one of the top players in um, in college basketball. Instead, they go off to to make their money. And so now with NIL, that's uh, that's something they're like I said going to have to reevaluate. But uh, it was all uh, two allow guys of that age uh, the opportunity to play some level of pro basketball but really to to make money before they could be a part of the draft and so now we'll we'll see if that continues on but uh, probably the writing on the wall as far as uh, that goes so um, yeah that's going to be just another thing to watch when it comes to NIL and its effects but there there you go there's a few things off the radar all right uh, you guys um, the 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 big 12 swimming and diving championships do you think Morgantown, West Virginia, they must have great facilities like tennis that hosts championships and uh, the Milan Park Aquatic Center. I don't know of any other buddy, anybody other than Texas that has probably won. I'm about to step in it here, probably 90% or so. I don't think anybody's ever won it. Yeah. I mean, I, any of the current teams, I think the best bet would have been prior to the yeah, leaving A&M of was good. Nebraska. Nebraska was good, yep. But I don't think – I think – from what I saw the other day, and I didn't do a deep dive, but I don't think Texas has not won one on at least the men's or women. Like I think they well, might have won all of them since those teams have left, basically. In 2001, the swimming coach of the year, every year except 19, 2005, Jay Holmes at A&M, Eddie Reese has been the annual coach of the year. I mean, the Texas diving coach of the year. It's, it's just an absolute uh, – 
monstrous dynasty when it comes within not only the conference, but also with what they do on a national basis. Florida, Stanford, like I mentioned, have also been really good. Do you think that we could get cannonball in the Olympics? I think I could do well with that. Uh, Yeah, I need to. What are the new sports this year? You're not supposed to splash. Well, see, that's the opposite. Like, it's the opposite of diving. Yeah. So, by the way, the, 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 the no, they can't, they can't, Paul. Why not? You know I think the name you're persecuting. Of the, you know the name of the website is for Swimming leaks. National News. SwimSwam.com. Yeah, you know, didn't that break some yes. realignment news over the yeah, summer? They did. Yeah. They actually, yeah, did. they did uh, or tried or I'm, attempted to or something. I'm just going to say this: it could give us many two sports stars if you added cannonball to the Olympics. For example, like David Ortiz could win gold for the yeah. for the Dominican Republic. Yeah. The late Tony Gwynn or Kirby Puckett would have been great as well. I think uh, you're forgetting off, about uh, the late Cecil lineman. Fielder. Yeah, offensive line. I think Cecil Fielder's still alive. No, that's right. Uh, uh, how about the, <laughs> just that dead to his son, CC um, Sabathia? Uh, CC Sabathia. Yeah. He's thinner now, but he's a big the dude. guy who pitched. He just retired. But like Holodi Nada. No, but the big pitcher that's been like on twenty five different. Oh, teams. Bartolo Colon. Bartolo Colon. Come on, we yeah. get two sports stars. Yeah. Let's do it. I think three on three basketball. That's been in something. Something. Uh, flag football is Forget coming. The Olympics. In. This is Adam Silver trying to get the All Star week. And uh, improve is <laughs> yeah. you start doing competitions like that. Well, yeah. uh, now you mentioned uh, we mentioned earlier the topic about coaches leaving, and somebody in the chat brought up Sterling Gilbert. I have to re- we have to go back to that story. So Texas was looking for some oomph on offense. They were looking for any kind of connection with the wide open offense. And if you'll recall, this was. About the time that Baylor was going through the transition after the 2015-16 season, Philip Montgomery was at Tulsa, putting up pretty good numbers. And Sterling Gilbert, who had been at Temple High School, he had been on the Bryle staff at Houston. He was then at Tulsa with Montgomery. And do you remember he turned down the job at Texas and they got the president, I think Jeff Trailer, Charlie Strong, and others got into a leer and flew up to Tulsa to change his mind. He was there for one year. This was uh, all right after. This is what was so crazy. And then Texas fans are are numerous, so they'll just shout you down about this. But this was one of those things back then that was just like I I I totally could believe it, but I just couldn't believe people were kind of giving it a pass. Um, but that's just fandom, I guess. But this is right in the heat of Art Briles being yep. let go, and he's the worst man on earth, and he's the devil incarnate, and. Quite frankly, 95% of that was coming from Austin. Like, a good bit of it was. And they turn right around in the face of all of that, and this is the most hands-off person in human history, and uh, anything attached to him needs to be burned to the ground, Is was basically the messaging then. Um, burn the school down, like, all of it. And they turn right around as soon as he's let go and try to hire a disciple yep. of him and his offense. And it was just like, are you effing kidding me, man? He had been at Temple. He had been at Houston. Mike Spradlin, the connection with Spradlin, because he was on the staff with Houston, with Bryles in Houston. They also hired the, what was it, O-line coach uh, from there as well, like Mike Maddox or whatever yep. it was, if yep. I remember correctly. And, yeah, Sterling Gilbert was the next big thing. And I remember he got interviewed on the horn in Austin, because we were going to like a high school playoff game. or I don't know what it was. I just remember being on the road. And they interviewed him. And you could tell it got really uncomfortable. And they when had to bring up, up Art Browse yep. Because you can't not bring it up. Because that was the whole appeal. Was that he learned under that tree. That he knew that offense. Mm-hmm. Now granted, it was probably about five years too early. To actually go that direction. If ever. But especially then. It was like it was such a reach 
but so obvious what they were attempting to do was like they wanted, go grab that offense yep. while it's it's available yep. almost and he had to answer a question about art and did not disparage him because why would he he knows him differently than the you know people that are online and so he didn't like gush over him but he he didn't also disrespect him he just i guess yeah like i learned kind of from him i don't know it was something very very innocent and you could just feel like the 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 yep. clutching of pearls when it wasn't like like Casey he's Horning. the devil and you know they wanted him to like denounce him or something on radio and he wasn't going to do that and so yeah it was that was bizarre that 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 was really bizarre and I had not heard that name in nearly that many years honestly I know he's bounced around a bit why did we even start talking about him to begin with oh somebody in the chat room. okay okay yeah but i i had not thought about him in, in quite a while but i always will remember that whole <laughs> sequence of events and that obviously didn't work out for him and in texas uh very long there, but yeah that was an interesting well, time there, there were three things that charlie that all, will stick out me about the charlie strong thing one was sterling gilbert two was, no one was gonna smoke pot two was no one was gonna smoke pot in austin texas yeah in college in, in austin, college texas. in austin texas like you know, like I, I just yell out pot when I'm there. like Garrett loves it down there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he, he just you yell out pot and like people just throw saying, weed at you. Yeah. Uh, but and the third one was Charlie Strong. They had people coming and going, OK, what can we do for you? How can we give you, you know, what do you need better? And he's like, no, we'll earn it. <laughs> like, oh, but he was loyal to, I mean, yeah. Gilbert went with him to South Florida yeah. and they tried to, to get it going down there and it, it, uh, it, it didn't work out, uh, either, but, uh, yeah, I think he's, he's kind of bounced around, but, uh, Sterling Gilbert. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's now at, uh, Cal, but he was with strong after Texas too, is, is what he I went what to South it, Florida yeah. was strong. And then McNeese state Syracuse with Dino Babers, Ole Miss for a year. There's another Baylor tie in there yep. with Dino Babers in yep. that offense. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, but, um, I'm that not, was, I wanted to tell that Sterling Gilbert story because it was brought up in the chat room. Yeah, no, that was just an insane, uh, time and, and that was just even one of the more just are you kidding me like you're really gonna talk all that noise and then go hire the guy he had been on staff as a ga at houston with Bryles in 05 and had not been on a staff yeah. with him since that time but was tied to that offense because of houston temple with mike spradlin where he coached high school and then montgomery of course at tulsa all right craig thank you very much around the corner hall of famer john mcclain uh thank you if you haven't if you don't mind whenever you can we'd appreciate it if you hit the like button subscribe if you haven't either and uh, also uh, don't forget the chat room we appreciate you all whenever you're on and that's its own like thing and at times i'll go in there with a helmet on and the text line 254-339-1122 this is 365 sports This has been a Rogue Media Network production.